coaxes the water out of its course and it slides over smooth pebbles whispering hoarsely and soothes the parched fields with its purling. Another, for fear the cornstalk should wilt under the ear's weight, grazes down the exuberant crop while yet its young green is barely showing above the furrows. Another makes a gravel sump to collect and drain the standing damp, especially if in the doubtful months the river has flooded and covered the water meadows with a wide film of mud so that the moisture steams in a warm mist up from the bottoms. Yet, though men and oxen have laboured hard on these lines, keeping the soil turned, still can the naughty goose and cranes from the river Strymon and Endive's bitter root do damage, and shade can be harmful, for the father of agriculture gave us a hard calling. He first decreed it an art to work the fields, sent worries to sharpen our mortal wits, and would not allow his realm to grow listless from lethargy. So that we might be able to predict from manifest signs these things, heat waves and rain and winds that bring cold weather, the father himself laid down what the moon's phases should mean, the cue for the south winds dropping, the sign that often noted should warn a farmer to keep his cattle nearer the shippen. At once, when winds are rising, the sea begins to fret and heave, and a harsh crackling is heard from timbered heights, or a noise that carries far comes confused from the beaches and copses moan crescendo. At such a time are the waves in no temper to bear your curved ship, a time when gulls are blown back off the deep sea, flying swift and screeching inland, a time when cormorants play on dry land, and the heron leaves his haunt in the fens to flap high over the cloud. Another gale warning often is given by shooting stars that streak down sky and blaze a trail through the night's blackness, leaving a long white wake. Often light chaff and fallen leaves eddy in the air, or feathers play tig skimming along the skin of water. But when lightning appears from the quarter of the grim north wind, when it thunders to south or west, then all the countryside is a swim with flooded dikes, and all the sailors at sea close reef their dripping sails. No, rain need never take us unawares, for high-flying cranes will have flown to valley bottoms to escape the rain as it rises or else a calf has looked up at the sky and snuffed the wind with nostrils apprehensive, or the tittering swallows flitted around and around the lake, and frogs in the mud have croaked away at their old complaint. Often, too, from her underground workings, the emmet, wearing a narrow path, bears out her eggs. A giant rainbow bends down to drink. Rook armies desert their feeding ground in a long column, wingtip to wingtip, their wings whirring. Now sea birds after their kind, and birds that about Caester's Asian water flats grub in the fresh pools, zestfully fling showers of spray over their shoulders, now ducking their heads in the creeks, scampering now at the wavelets, making a bustle and frivolous pantomime of washing. Then the truculent raven, full-throated, announces rain as she stalks alone on the dry sand. 
Even at night can girls spinning their wool be aware that a storm approaches, for then they behold in the burning lamp the oil sputter and crumbly mould collect on the wick. No less easy it is to foretell after rainy weather sun and unclouded skies, and by sure indications to know them. Then neither do star rays look blurred, nor will the moon rise as though she owed her light to the beams of her brother sun, nor lank and fleecy clouds be drawn across the heaven. Kingfishers, then, the pets of the sea goddess, will not preen their plumage along the shore in the warm sun, nor will gross swine remember to root and toss with their snouts the bedstraw. Rather do mists hang low and crouch along the plain, and the little owl, perched on a gable, watching the sun go down, keeps at her crazy nightfall.